You're listening to Cinepunked, interactive discussions for film lovers. This episode, Tits or Destiny? Tits. Destiny. So I'd like to say that here at Cinepunked we take our films very seriously indeed, but those of you with long memories... We recall that Rachel subjected us to a film that she calls The Room. You're still welcome, by the way. And Ben calls The Worst Movie Ever. Yes, it is the worst movie ever. That's why it's fun. I think he said he wants his life back. Yeah, I want my life back. I yeah, want, okay, I can't oh, do that bit. Can't remember how long that, 45, no, how long is that movie? It was, it's like an hour and a half. Yeah. Is that yeah, all? Yeah, I want Seems longer. my life back, please. And we've spent so long talking about it, we've actually lost a lot more of our time to the room. Yeah, so no more. So when I said to Rachel, do you know what we'd like to do this time? This do, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. And Rachel said to me, are you serious? Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if you're being serious right now. I said, no, yeah, I think it's actually a really good film for us to do. And lo and behold, listeners, you're now joining us as we have gone beyond the realms of acceptable academia into uh, entertainment, I guess. Yeah, a bit of fun. Fun. I think we can still academia this shit. Yeah, if only we were we were full time academics, which we're not. I mean, this is the whole thing: is that we've always sort of tread this little fine line between what is uh, dry academia and um, fandom, I guess. Yeah, well, I think you find most academics are fans at some in some respects, but um, this is this is as, as close I think as we've got to to proper actual fandom related stuff. Apart from that time you let me go nuts on Blade Runner. Yeah, I don't think we didn't do that for the podcast, though, have we? We didn't. Yeah. No, no, which no, is we probably didn't. just as well. There right. was a lot of screaming and and delight and oh. and look at my happy, happy face. I feel, I feel like may at some point be, we, we we may well do that again as a podcast. But. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, I, I think there's an awful lot in in, in this film that that merits a kind of a, you know a fandom analysis. Um, were you familiar with Tenacious D at all before you watched this film, Rachel? I was vaguely familiar with Tenacious D. I have heard one of their songs and I'm obviously aware of Jack Black and I knew he did a comedy rock duo and I'm sure I've heard more of their songs than I'm aware of, but... Um, Remind me, which was the one of their songs that you knew? The only gay Eskimo in the tribe. I, I just, of all the Tenacious D songs... That My sister used to play it to me. I don't even know this one. I'm not I convinced that it's a Tenacious D song. I'm not about, convinced either, but I have, have, we I got, have heard the song. Have we got internet handing? We do. I feel like we should verify this. So basically the only Tenacious recording. D song I know might not even be a Tenacious D song. Well, you know, it's like, people often do this with a kind of site. That, for instance, The Ruttles. What The Ruttles. You don't know who The Ruttles are? No. Oh, the Prefab 4? The what? The Prefab Four. Okay. There is a song by the Rolls called Cheese and Onion, which used to turn up on Beatles bootleg recordings because <laughs> everyone thought it was a Beatles song, but actually it's a Rolls song. So sometimes people get them all confused. I 
don't genuinely think that I'm confusing the only gay Eskimo in my tribe with anybody else. And having seen now the pick of destiny, I'm even more <laughs> convinced that I'm right about this. I'm sure you're right. I just would, I, this is going to be an opportunity for us to go, Rachel, you were right, which is something apparently I don't tell you often enough. Well, I mean, I can never hear enough of it, you know. Producer Ben is doing his research face. He's going, how do you spell Eskimo? <laughs> um, Corky and the Juice Pigs was a Canadian comedy musical group made up of uh, Bill Nicole, guitarist and vocals, Greg Neal, Neil Neely, I think, and Sean uh, Cullen. Uh, the output consists mainly of our original comedic songs, largely uh, satirical and often parodying various musical styles. Did their song include the only gay Eskimo in the village? Uh, but though there is a, a video of what looks like Jack Black and Kyle Gass dressed in robes. Mm-hmm. Playing this song. This is ridiculous. This is what I'm having to ask. Verify, Ben. Verify. We can't get this podcast started without it. Are they actually visibly singing it? They're doing a cover of They're it. They're doing a cover of it. Okay. Okay. So, so the only Tenacious D song that you know is, is a, a cover. cover. <laughs> Apparently so, yeah. I have never felt more like somebody who's nearly 40. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, ben. <laughs> yes. You're aware of Tenacious D. Oh, yes, I am. Tell me, what are your impressions of Tenacious D? I love them. I think they're great. Uh, that's it. That that's I, it. Yeah. They're great. I love to see them live. I would love love that. Uh, they are amazing live. I always enjoyed their comedy stylings. I have seen them twice on stage, and they were fantastic on both occasions. Yeah. Well, next time they play, we should both go together. Well, hopefully they will because they've got a new album out. They do. They do. Apocalypto, which is music from their new animated series. It's on YouTube. Okay. Cool. Which you've been watching? Yes, I have. I've been watching. You've been watching, Rachel? Yeah, no, I haven't been Rachel's, watching this. What, yeah, what's you, YouTube? You. <laughs> I know what YouTube is. But you're like 40. Not yet. <laughs> Nearly. Um, yeah. Okay, so is it like this uh, animated series of theirs? Is it like the animated start of the film where it's like they're basically propelled by fart? No, okay. no, it's, it's even more rudimentary than that. Good, good, good. Because i got to say, that did not set up my expectations very high for the film when I was watching it. Um, I did sit watching this with a very blank expression on my face going, what the hell have I said I would watch here? But in fact, I really enjoyed the film. This surprises me. It surprised me too. Because you can be quite... Uh, it can be quite difficult to predict what you're going to like and what you're not going to like. And we usually don't agree. I'm mercurial. Um, so, uh, it's Paris' thought this is actually an, an episode where the three of us have started off with saying we like this film. Yeah, but I'm going to say lots of stuff that you're not going to agree with, so you can basically argue with me then. What's new there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've got opinions about shit. 
Oh, so, um, what did you like about seeing the Pick of Destiny? What didn't you like? What, what's your general impressions of it? I was completely blown away by the musical opening, the pre-credit musical opening. Um, anytime you put meatloaf in a film, I'm there already. That's it. You know, job done. I'm going to love this film regardless of what I happens next. I actually don't like meatloaf at all. What? Ben, I'm going to have a physical <laughs> fight with you over this. Is it going to be a fight club fight? Yes. You're going to yes. have a fight club fight yeah. with Ben over meatloaf. Yes. Appropriate. Yes, exactly. And um, yeah, anyway, meatloaf <laughs> is the greatest and I will hear nothing said against him. Um, and yeah, I mean, just having this whole kind of rock opera opening featuring meatloaf, I was just, yes, definitely, let's do um, this. Don't let's- forget our dearly beloved recently departed Dio. Yeah, I, I I have heard of him, but I'm not really sure who he is. He'd rocked for a long, long Apparently, time. It was yeah. time for him to pass the torch. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. You know, they sing about that, and then... he He's dead. Yeah, he's, he dies. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, this film is 2006. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's like 12, 12 years, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're coming um, back. They are, they are apparently, I should say right at the start of this, is the, apparently that there was a, an announcement they made earlier on this this year, 2018, saying that they're doing a pick of Destiny 2, um, on whatever form that takes. I'm assuming it's not the Apocalypto cartoon. It, it's a different project, but they're so... I mean, I hadn't heard anything about Apocalypto until it literally was coming on YouTube. Um, so clearly they're quite good at keeping stuff to their chests. I only heard about Apocalypto because I saw an interview with Jack Black on, oh, what was it? Saturday Night Live or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking to, uh, what do you call him? Steve? Something. Steve Carell? Steve Colbert? No. Co- Colbert. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert. Uh, he was talking to him and then... I think it was him, either that or Jimmy Kimmel, one of them, one of them late night Saturday. Because it's so international, with all these American references, yeah. what the? No, well, you, they're American, like, so. Um, Mind blown. Yeah, I've I, I seen that, and then he was saying about his new uh, web series that was coming out. Mm-hmm. So they've been doing a lot of PR stuff, but I think it was mostly because he was in that, Jack was in that new film out with the clock in the walls or something like that. And Jack's always got stuff going on. I mean, he's he's a fairly busy um, a Hollywood actor. Yeah, and I just, I really don't like his star persona at all. Um, I, I just find it puerile and cruel quite a lot of the time. It's, it's quite a cruel humour and he really does nothing for me at all. So I wasn't, as I say, expecting to like this in the slightest. Um, you don't like School of Rock? I don't like School of Rock, no. No. I've only seen bits of it. I couldn't be annoyed. Um, you like I've Shallow seen, Hal? Oh, I hate Shallow Hal. <laughs> oh, I hate that so hard. That's appalling, that film. Everything about it is awful. What? What's... What? Oh, really? no, I'm not keen on Shallow Hal either. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the whole pretense kind of... Wow. Yeah, I think we, we, it's Beauty one. is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, what more Jack Black saying that. Beautiful message to send to millions of people in that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. If Were it not populated almost exclusively by fat jokes? Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's led by an actress in a grotesque fat suit who, uh, in this couple bits where she's trying to be herself, but the rest of the time she's just a skinny wave, thereby sort of actually suggesting that the image that he has of Beauty in the Eye of the Beholder is somebody who's actually really thin and skinny anyway. It's not actually someone who's fat, because if he loves someone who's fat, she'd just be fat. It's sizest. 
Yeah, but then it's then it's at the end of the film. At the end of the film, I didn't even get as far as that. I'll be honest with you, I fell asleep. I hated it. All right, let's stop talking about Shell. Okay, so you're not keen on Jack Black's screen persona, which not massively, no. But I, I just it was like it was Jack Black, but fluffier and cuddlier. And I mean, I, I almost felt, and I know that I'm not the first person because I did do some reading around this. I know I'm not the first person to to, to think that that it's almost more like this feels like an authentic version of of this person who is sort of to the nth degree larger than life um in your face slightly offensive totally puerile um this this feels almost like that's the act and this is the person yeah it's hard to tell because the stage persona is so over the top uh, it's full of self-deprecation as, as good comedy often is um you know for all their kind of adventures and, and hunt for for you know uh, sex basically uh, they are still too <laughs> grossly overweight um rather incompetent buffoons but who, they're endearing there's such vulnerability to to both of them um which is something that i'm not used to seeing from jack black mm. uh that that level of <laughs> need really um, I don't know, it just, it felt like this was sort of, it came from somewhere genuine. Um, and also, I mean, the music's just great. Um, I do, like I said, I do like a bit of rock opera. I'm partial to it. I love meatloaf. Um, this is one of the things I said to you whenever I was trying to encourage you for reasons to watch this was that it's got meatloaf, it's a homage to Rocky Horror, I said. Um I'm basing that purely on Meatloaf's appearance. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm. Of, I'm not even slightly agreeing with you that it's an homage to Rocky Horror. Uh, it's. It's not really what I wanted you to watch the film, um, and this is what we're getting you to do. <laughs> Occasionally, I, I may bend the truth slightly. Yeah, sorry. All I was going to say is the room. You made us watch the room. You owe us every single film that we ever ask you to watch, and then I'll go. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I still need to make a choice someday. You do. Yeah, or? I'm dreading it. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, yeah, but rock opera in a way. I mean, what I loved about that—that's a—that's a kind of genre that, that again, I you know I quite love. I'm pretty partial to musicals anyway, um, and this does play homage to musicals. Um, but the rock opera with sort of Rocky Horror and Tommy and, and things like that in the seventies. I mean, this does follow on from that, but it's doing something else with it. I think it is much more in the kind of classical musical vein. Yeah, it is. It's a musical hands hands down. Like, mm. there's no ifs and or. Butts. It's not a homage. There's plenty of, plenty of butts in this. <laughs> it's not a homage to musicals. I have that too. It is. It is a musical. I'm going to slightly disagree with that because it, the the music advances the plot rather than holds it up. Um, and in musical, you'll very often just hold up the plot um, and have this sort of spectacular song and dance number. But this is kind of integral. To it's the a rock plot. opera. Yeah. Which yeah, is, which it's is, is opera, Tommy. really, rather than, than musical for me. Um, it's just funny, <laughs> an origin in, in, in the likes of Tommy and mm. the Who. Mm. What do you call that uh, film that had Steve, Steve Vai in it? Uh, and about the guitar player. I didn't expect you to hit this one so early on in the game. <laughs> because, um, because that's basically what this movie is like. It's another take on that. I, what's that's, that? That's Crossroads. Crossroads. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great film. Yeah, but that, that's basically what this movie is. Well, yeah, 
it's it's because that's that again is kind of I mean, and this is something I really want, and this is something that really really surprised me is that this is basically Hero's Journey. This is Joseph yeah. Campbell here with the Thousand Face Hero's Journey. Um, it, there's some really sophisticated references in this film. I mean, I was getting um, uh, Monty Python, the the Holy Grail. I was getting a bit of Blues Brothers. I was getting a bit of, as you say, rock opera, um, and I'm also Kubrick. getting yes, Kubrick. Yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> Jesus. Um, that came out of nowhere. I thought that was one of the least successful bits of it, but then I would think that. Um, but yeah, they're all, they're they're following pretty much beat for beat a hero's journey. Yeah. And I went back and I did some more reading uh, on Joseph Campbell because it's not something I read a lot of. Um, yeah, this is actually beat for beat hero's journey, only like with a shit hero. But that's <laughs> but I mean, I say shit hero not as a criticism. They're supposed to be really shit heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the joy of it comes in because the, the trials they face are a bit shit right up to the bit at the end where they have to actually battle Satan. Um, um, and, and they're just a bit shit at dealing with all of them. And, you know, there's a talking Sasquatch. And anyway, yeah, it's, 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 it's delightful. I don't think it always works. Um, and I think actually part of that for me um, is where it's least faithful to... The, the 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 sort of the references and the, the homages and the and the sophisticated um, sort of subtext that goes through it um, because it doesn't I mean it's not entirely true to Hero's Journey and I think it kind of misses missteps when it's it's going off off script but um, just I wasn't expecting that level of sophistication at all. So when it's citing, you think it's on form. When it's not, it's 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 not. Say that again, sir. When it's citing stuff, it's on form. When it's not, it's not. Yeah, because it's actually. It's a much cleverer film than it wants you to think it is. Um, and when it stops being clever, then it loses some of that forward momentum. Hmm. I mean, I think you're completely right, Ben. This is this is a reworking of Crossroads in many respects. I introduced the screening of Crossroads a few months ago, and uh, I made the reference in reverse, saying, it just occurs to me watching this again today that this is... This is one of the inspirations for Pick a Destiny, and they're like, you just said already this. Well, that's so people who just went, well, yeah, you know, it's basically tribute. Yeah, the song tribute. It's it. Well, it's, that, it, it's, it's the whole movie, and it's a precursor to the movie. Like, it's, it's, I mean, it's the classical story uh, in, in blues mythology of selling your soul to the devil in order to acquire the ability to play great music. Yeah, and that's the Robert Johnson story, which Crossroads is basically telling. Yeah, although um, they didn't go, they went down the road, but they happened across. The devil. They, they, they didn't go didn't, looking for him. They didn't go looking for him, and they didn't want to sell their soul. No, but they weren't looking for the pick, knowing that. Well, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I'm, talk, I'm talking about tribute, not not about the pick of destiny. Oh, about tribute. Because that's where they differ. Yes, they're just walking and they cross, basically coming across the devil in the desert, and yeah. then he challenges them to a rock off. Yeah, and they write the best song that which is never created. So this is this is tribute which is like their big first song. Ah, okay, but, that's making a bit of sense of the final act. But in its in its original version of tribute, tribute itself is actually the song that they're the song that is the greatest song in the world ever they, is. They they couldn't remember the greatest song in the world, so this is a tribute. Right. So it's it's, it's very meta. Um, okay. Yeah, it's extremely meta. This but is what, what I mean they are so much cleverer than they want you to think. But what is the greatest song in the world? What? So whenever they used to originally, when they started playing this out live originally, they would actually incorporate the greatest song in the world in the song. Oh, it's Metallica, isn't oh. it? Fuck that. No. No, is it not? Stairway to Heaven. Stairway to Heaven. Oh, Jesus. Bed's up and first played in Belfast. 
Right. And the Ulster Hall. Great. I don't like, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Led Zeppelin. I don't think it's the greatest song in the world no. ever, no. but I quite like the fact that that's often claimed to be. Well, is that what they're doing? They're taking the piss out of the fact that everybody claims yeah. Stairway. And they, is... and they can't remember because everyone, every kind of rock guitarist wants okay. to play Stairway to Heaven. It's Wayne's, Wayne's World. Yeah. Does this where they go into the uh, into the shop and there's no the, 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 denied. So I mean, like, it, it, is it kind of it's a rock trope that people identify with, and that's that. So they, they tribute was a song that everyone knew, and it's sort of surprising that they don't play tribute in this film. They create a completely different song that's based around the same concept. Yeah, they're actually tributing tribute. Yeah, which is tributing Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, yeah. So many layers of reference here. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just singing in the praises of Jack Black and Kyle Gatz as geniuses. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And Liam Lynch, the director. <laughs> They're excellent songwriters, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, Apart from that one song in that movie. Which, which, which one? song? The Sasquatch one. I love Sasquatch. I hate it. I like that. Um, I, I, I don't think I it's their strongest. The I don't think well. it's their strongest song, um, but I really like the sequence. Surprisingly, I, it's I I'm, I know it's the bright colours. It's the only thing I liked about Avatar was all that kind of neon fluorescent. I know. Stuff. I know that in the movie, then he's taking a trip. Yeah, and this is all in his head, yeah. right? But see if you remove that song from the movie. Yeah, it does not do anything for me. But then again, Sasquatch itself is playing part of their own established mythology because Sasquatch is also a song. Oh, is that what it is? Because I do, I mean, as much as I like that sequence, it came out of nowhere. It does, it it fits with nothing else in the the film. Um, and it doesn't hit any of the beats of the hero's journey. And I really didn't understand what was going on with it, to be honest. Uh, if you watch, um, so before they ever did the film, they had a, an HBO TV series. Um, little sort of short things, and it's about them kind of trying being a basically what they do in this one being a really crap rock is, band trying to get. Is their own that place. the thing that's attached? Uh, you have like a special edition, don't you, or a DVD? Oh, was the, the complete masterworks of shorts. Yeah, that is is that the shorts that that's they, the shorts that's on that? Yeah. That was on TV. Yes, really? Yes, really? Yeah, yeah really. And <laughs> the thing you know the the lemonade stand. Yeah, oh, that that was on TV. All that stuff, yeah. All those little, like, little five, ten minute things, yeah. They're on TV. But jizzing in a cup. And... <laughs> it's HBO. They can, it's, oh, it's right. Okay, that explains a lot. Um, so it's basically fan service then. The Sasquatch this, thing is fan service. The, the whole film is, is, is like a great big bit of authorised fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 basically the fictionalized story of their rise to to greatness. It's their fictionalized story of their fictionalized story right. of their rise to greatness. Okay, gotcha. Okay, Wait. so it really is proper like meta fan fiction. Is, yeah, yeah. Uh, layers upon layers like, upon layers. Like, say if you listen to the album tribute or no, yeah. There's a wee skit in it about uh, cock pushups. Oh right, okay. That's where that comes from as well, in mm. in the Pick of Destiny. Okay, all right, yeah. I mean, that that I didn't have a problem with. I mean, that's basically Chekhov's cock push up, isn't it? You know, if the if a cock push up arrives in the first act, it must that that cock push up must appear again in the final act, surely. No. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> this is true. It, I mean, this is what you do with plotting. You don't have it for no reason. But again, it's a reference back to their pre-existing work. Okay, gotcha. I, I wonder, is that does that make sense of, of the various other different bits that seem to either not 
cohere or to appear out of nowhere or to appear and then go nowhere. Like? Oh, I can't think of anything just off the top of my head. Um, I mean, Amy Poehler's character, I suppose, is, is one of them. As uh, She's just so completely fabulous. I mean, everything about her is fabulous. I'm a massive fan. Um, and she just owns that whole section. I mean, I think she basically, she would rebuff for me all of, of, of my arguments that I'm definitely going to make about the inherent misogyny of this film um, because I don't think they're really misogynistic. Mm. I genuinely don't believe that this is a misogynistic film. I think it's got misogyny chucked in um, for that kind of uh, gross out comedy factor, but I don't think they believe it. And she is one of my strongest arguments for why I don't believe that this is a misogynistic film because that character, my God, that character. I just should have quite a bit of respect, really. I mean, this is the whole, you know, she's got a black eye and it's, what happened to you? It's just like, what's this? this? I fell onto a curling iron or something? Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas it's clearly, you know, you're with a, an abusive partner who beat the shit out of you. And she's almost, I mean, she's got that, that, that just complete beaten down. It's just, she is, she just absolutely owns every second that she's on screen. I think, Within their their kind of the recorded material, um, the sort of the idea of the the, the sort of the, the damaged female um, does crop up. Uh, okay, that's interesting. And I feel like maybe they, they kind of pay more in that traditional role of being the guy who's meant to kind of defend that. But the, there's a song, uh, Conchita. Yeah, I was about to say that in, in Rise of the Phoenix, which was the album they did after this that references how shitty this film actually performed at the yeah, box office. Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> tanked. Oh, totally. Yeah. And how Jack Black rose to power and, and Jables basically went off the rails. Yeah. Um, but Conchita is a song about this this girl who basically is in a really, really crappy, abusive relationship and, and Jack Black's character comes in to, to save her from it and fight for her. Which, actually, I don't know, you really often get that in, in music, yeah. even to say, like, stuff, you know. And again, that, that kind of links me back to, to my feeling like this is more of a genuine version of him. Episode two of their new web thing. Mm-hmm. Even that. Did, did you watch that? Yeah, I did. I did. Of, of, of like, yeah. Yeah. They wake up mm-hmm. and and he's like, hey, man, I had this crazy dream. Like uh, I was being having a BJ. And then he looks down. There's a, one of the leftover women giving him a BJ. Mm-hmm. And he's not good with it. No, he's not. He's, he's like, he's, he's shy. I need to, I need to like, no... learn or I need to, you know, strike up a relationship with a woman before I do anything like that. There's a whole issue of consent around that, yeah. which is, again, quite... Timely. Yeah, I mean, but when you look at their other stuff, it's not entirely surprising, because while they do talk about being on the road and kind of, you know, grippies and everything else, there is still a weird respect that comes up repeatedly. Yeah. It, it, it's a very strange relationship. It's almost mm. like somebody who's trying to play at being the rock star, but actually kind of doesn't feel comfortable with being the rock star because actually they have a heart and, and a conscience. Yeah. And for all that film re- uh, references repeatedly, sort of the, the sort of the quest for tits um, and the fact that they are desperately sort of horny and and they they want women to throw themselves at them. There's no female love interest. Um, I mean, there's. There's there's really no females with with spoken parts apart from Amy Poehler, but I actually I would rather have that mm. than have a woman turn up just so that she could be there for someone to want to have sex with her. I think there is a love interest. 
Who do you think it is? But it's a love interest between, between two, them. Two yeah. Friends. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a yeah. romance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, no, there's also Lee. Does Lee make an appearance in this? Lee makes an appearance because they've got the friends the, the, who they borrow the car off. The, the, oh, the, the pizza that's guy. right. That's another one of my doesn't quite tie up references. Yeah. He's literally only there for them to get the car off. And, and he's Sasquatch. He's... Isn't he? Isn't he Sasquatch John as well? C, John C. Riley is Sasquatch. Oh, John C. Riley is Sasquatch. Oh, there you go. I'm going to cut that bit out because I've been an idiot. Um, Keep it in. That's what she said. <laughs> Bloody Keep hell. Keep that out. Um, yeah, no, so in the mythology, Lee is, is kind of like the obsessive fan friend. If you watch Flight of the Concords, it's the, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's the girl. And that's the same role that basically um, exists. And he's kind of super stalkery, but you know, he does stuff for them um, and they kind of like him, but Lee, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel. Uh, Matt, you need to sit down and listen to some of these songs. Probably I do. Yeah, probably yeah. I do. I think you might enjoy them too. After yeah, I think I might. <laughs> um, so there is this, obviously, this other stuff that's going on that we're not getting. Um, there's some interesting cameos in this film. Yes, there certainly are. Ben Stiller, I was, that was a double take. That was, is that Ben Stiller? Where's he? He's the the guy, the in, guitar pick guy in, in the store. He's the guy with all the hair who basically tells them the story about the. the is pig. he? Yeah. I never twigged on. No, that. I know it's just so not like Ben Stiller at all. Dave Grohl's in it. Yeah. yeah. Dave Grohl, the devil, isn't he? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Dave Grohl plays them anyway. Um, but yeah, he's he's there. He he played the devil in the tribute music video as well. Oh, okay. And they turn up in one of the Foo Fighter videos. I did hear yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Learn to fly. fly. Yeah, um, I've seen them live too. I haven't. Weirdly, I totally like them. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, and then you've got um, oh Tim Robbins. Yes, Tim Robbins. Yeah. Like Again, a, it was a, is that Tim Robbins moment? It's almost like a psycho kind of um, blind man pew or something from Treasure Island. Yeah, it was a nice um, curveball that as well. It was a nice red herring. But I think he, was he not, at, at, did he not study with Jack Black at acting school? Oh, I possibly. It turns out like Jack Black studied with just about everybody. But I liked, I mean, I liked that character and I liked the way it was sort of hinting at the fact that he was supposed to be the devil reclaiming the pick. Um, and I totally believed it, totally believed it, totally <laughs> bought it. Um Again, I mean, I just wasn't expecting this film to be as clever as it is. I feel like I should almost end this knowing <laughs> that this is... Rachel Green, what? Yeah. yeah. It is a good movie. It's, it, it's fantastically fun. Yeah. I mean, once you kind of get over the fact that it's... Um, childish. Yeah. It's, it Immature. is childish, yeah. But I think that's a bit the, blokey. Yeah, a bit blokey, but I think that's that's the appeal. Okay, is it blokey, though? Ah, uh, well... Because if you can have a feminist gender theorist sit here and argue against the misogyny of this film, no, is can it I in th- fact be blokey? I think it's a bit Benny Hillish, actually. I disagree oh, completely. No, no, no. I mean, in the sense that you know, these are guys who ostensibly are looking to kind of get the girl and to you know, which girl? Any girl. They'll uh, take whatever they can get. Their yeah, hands but on. but they won't. Though. But, but that's the kind of that's, that's what they the say. Prem- that that's doing. the premise of it. So, I mean, I think that whilst they're doing this, you know, ultimately they never actually get the things that supposedly they're wanting to get. Now, the difference with Benny Hill is that Benny Hill still managed to show all that kind of near nudity on television, but he never gets the girl. 
he's always the butt of things in that sense. Uh, yeah, but he's pretty despicable, though. I mean, that I, it's a long time since I've seen any Benny Hill deliberately. Um, because, it's also a different era. Yeah, it's a different era, but that's that that kind of excuse is, is it doesn't really wash. You know, it's there. It, it's based on the fact that tee he he tits, um, and oh, yeah, as that that's just always been problematic always hmm. always it's just that now um y- you know there's 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 more ability to call it out and say this is problematic um is is the fact that we, we the reason we like Kyle Glass Kyle, Gla- uh, Kyle Gas and Jack Black um as, as sort of on-screen characters because they're actually a bit normal looking these yeah. are not you yeah. know I mean, as, as hollywood stars go jack black is not the most hollywood hollywood star that you could look at but he's not a buff hmm. Pretty boy. I yeah. I mean, I think there's there's certainly um, relatable characters. I mean, I can't really speak very authoritatively on this because I'm not going to be sort of projecting myself onto these guys anyway. Um, in, in the way that male audience would. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> but like... well, do you know? I, I I don't know. I'm not sure that. It... Well, they're not lookers. Does it work like that way? I'm mean, going to just defer to your your expertise here, guys, because you're you're watching this as guys. So I, I think, but this is one of the whole arguments that is made about Hollywood cinema, is it not that actually the projection that we're meant to identify with the characters that we mm-hmm. see on the screen, and they mm-hmm. sort of always represent this sort of hyper reality. They're always super glamorous, super exotic. You know, they have bodies that we can achieve, um, and, and they're always very often very polished. Um, the men often are a little bit older than the ladies that they're on screen with, but mm-hmm. nevertheless. Um, so we kind of aspire towards being like that, and certainly, you know, it's only when you reach maybe in your 50s or 60s that you're allowed to have a little bit of a belly as a man in Hollywood. Um, but this whole kind of stoner aesthetic, this this kind of stoner theme, that has been enormously popular and, and lucrative oh, yeah. for Hollywood. For Well, I mean, it's got... Um, Folks, I wrote a paper on this. It's on the Cinepunk website about slacker masculinity. Um, it's it's something that's that's it's not new. It's not particularly personified in them. I mean, they're an American version of of something that's that's really very well recognised. Um, yeah, like Cheech and Chong, like Windsor, all this. But it was all part of the same, broadly part of the same church, aren't they? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's Jay but, but it's and Bob. But it's kind of that loser. Love, yeah, Jen Santa Bob more so. Although Kevin Smith now looks like a more traditional Hollywood man because he's had to lose loads of weight. Why? Um he had a heart attack. Oh dear, oh dear. I have not <laughs> uh, he's done he's done really, really well for himself actually. He looks great. Good. Um and he's much healthier and he's much happier. Uh, and still with us. And making more Jen Santa Bob. Good. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, I mean you're quite right. It is a it is a a trope, but it's a, a character type that that has existed for a long time and will probably continue to exist. And I guess it's. Um, I would I would argue not necessarily a long time. I mean, Cheech and Chong are outliers. Um, this this is a fairly twenty first century phenomenon. Well, no, not twenty first century, nineties onwards. This this kind of idea of slacker masculinity. It's it's very. So what is slacker masculinity? It's very much tied up to this kind of um, Generation X uh, sort of. Um, everything is is kind of screwed why should i try um mentality you see it i mean it, it grows up around grunge um it's it's you know that that kind of counterculture rebellion uh type of thing where it's it's loser masculinity basically it's masculinity that refuses to grow up it's it's childlike masculinity that celebrates its childishness um and it's 
it's sort of lionized in a lot of films that you see from like nineteen nineties onwards. Um, I guess weirdly, I, every time I keep on hearing this in my head, I, I, all I get is an image of Shaggy and Scooby Doo. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's... who has been around since the sixties. Yeah, I know, but the, but 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 and who is the hero really? Him and him and Scooby are the heroes, and they're the two biggest inept characters in that that whole series. Okay, we, hero is kind of the wrong term though for Shaggy and Scooby Doo. They are the leads, but we'll be we calling the heroes. I look up to them. You look up to Shaggy and Scooby Doo. Yeah. That just tells me a lot. <laughs> Spend all day eating, kind of hanging out <laughs> with your friends. And occasionally, stuff happens, and you can be a coward, and it's okay. Uh, for me, I guess, to me, that that is important because I wasn't. Oh, I feel like I'm in therapy now. <laughs> Growing up, you know, I I didn't feel super masculine in that sense. You know, it was good to kind of have a cry and to be able to say like I I I'm don't I'm not coping with this. This isn't good. How am I going to get through this? But actually, to know that you could. But that's not slacker masculinity. I don't understand what slacker masculinity yeah. is. I'm after this is the first first time I've heard this term. Okay. Yeah, um, it's it's called um, the slacker is brackets Gary close brackets King. It's very clever. Uh, a very clever title. I, uh, I, I I amused myself greatly with that title. <laughs> I wrote it in response to um, the Cornetto trilogy, which is basically um, just the the rise. It, it's it's the apotheosis of slacker masculinity throughout the Cornetto trilogy. It's really very interesting, and it, I mean, in in World's End, um, the slacker basically reorganizes human society to continue to to create a society in which slacker masculinity will be lionized. I do still feel that. In deference to our audience, I don't understand what slacker masculinity is. Fair enough. But read my paper then. Read my paper. It's it's a laugh a minute. Honestly, it's only something like eighty thousand words long. You'll <laughs> love it. Have it. Lie Stop down. That. Get get a bottle of wine. Sit. Crack it open on a Saturday night. What better way to spend well, your we can, weekend? We can get Rachel to do a, an audio version of it for them. Yes, I could record you reading it. Oh yeah, that'll definitely bring them in. Yeah, <laughs> my slacker masculinity brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. the coming on. soon <laughs> stay tuned oh my gosh www.cinefunk.com give me all your money and I promise not to do it slacker masculinity yeah so ultimately this is a very clever film it's got lots going on with it it's definitely worth a watch it's got a great score which you know, great soundtrack. Yeah, there's some awesome, awesome tunes in that in the in that movie. Some fantastic tunes. Yeah, and, and a lot of a lot of meta. I, I like it. It's just it's layers and layers of of meta. Yeah, to be honest, it's, it's well. The first thing I said when I finished watching was, I wish I had time to watch that three more times because I really need to see this at least three more times to even start to scratch the surface of what's going on in this film. Yeah. There's such a lot. I and think. I think. Though, before watching this film, you have to go and listen to material, like their previous... Certainly their, their first album, yeah. I and mean, this is only the second album that they did. Um, so you, well, there is some stuff out there that they were doing before. It's true, yeah. Um, but watch, watch the, certainly watch the first thing, and I think if you've watched the, if you've watched the TV series that they did... Yeah, well, I see, I kind of want to now, and I didn't before. Yeah. You know, that's a nice little genre. I mean, this this the sort of thing that Flight of the Concords have done subsequently in very well. Um, yeah. Why would there not be a Flight of the Concords film? I don't know. Haven't they tried? <clears throat> no, 
Not, not yet. I don't know where I got of, that idea they've from. They've only got back together again. Well, they kind of, they've, they've they never really on, stopped they, Well, they were on hiatus because, you know, they had kids. Yeah. Because I recently saw an interview with them on uh, one of those Saturday Night Live yeah. programs. I, th- I think that, um, I suppose in a way, Vanessa's Dave done the same thing. I mean, Jack's gone off and had families and stuff and they perform and then they don't perform for a bit and yeah. you know they don't they're not driven to do this stuff in the way that they have they don't feel they have to churn this material out well, they, uh, Jack Black was saying yeah it's been six years so we need to do another album <laughs> basically <laughs> in the interview that I watched so um, yeah they seem to do this every six years which is cool um, I'm, I'm actually surprised that you're so full of praise considering there's a very very nice Kubrick homage yeah, that also happened, yeah. Well, I love what that's right. So Clockwork Orange gets nicely played. Where the hell did that come from? And why was it necessary? That, that I mean, that, I, it did kind of nearly lose me at that point because it just felt like it was being weird for the sake of... And that felt like the, that is the closest, I would say, to, to a crammed-in reference for no purpose whatsoever. Well, because, I mean, he's destitute at that point. He's on his own. He's in a strange place. He's, he's, he's sort of vulnerable and... Um, as happens in Clockwork Orange, you know, if you're on the streets, you know, you can get attacked by, by yobos who are themselves alien, but also they've got a mask on and they're pretending to be something that they aren't because they're creating a bunch of Brits. Yeah, kind of ganging up on them. I no, don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I, I sort of get that, but I mean, it's the most obvious sort of parody element mm. to it, whereas the rest of it is played straight. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's just mental and absurd, um, and and sort of the that's kind of dialed up to whatever factor it has to be. But that that's just you know, look here's a film we also saw, um, and it just doesn't seem to to fit for me. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I would, I would ask for to to be in its place. Were I in a position to make demands? Um, but it, and I can, I suppose I can see that it's a, a a segment that doesn't want to be too serious yet, and that's a way of getting a serious um, thing happening without losing the comedy value, possibly. I think you're just totally against anything to do with Stanley Kubrick ever, unless it's Spartacus. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, we're one of these days. We are going to subject to this. I know. I'm waiting for Kubrick. it. I'm waiting for it. It's going to happen, and then we're going to have a massive fight in the podcast. It's like we- <laughs> I wish listeners could see her face and just how absolutely Ugh. enraged she gets anytime Kubrick's name gets mentioned. You want to see the faces of people when I do academic stuff and I go, yeah, I don't like Kubrick, and they look at me like I've just stabbed a baby in front of them. You won't get that reaction off me. Good. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate <laughs> so that. I have no clue who that is. Yeah, keep it that way. Honestly, you'll be happier. So you might remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Halloween and we talked about The Shining briefly. It's like the Here's Johnny bit. That's Kubrick. Yeah, that's Kubrick. Oh, right. Uh, I haven't even seen The Shining. So. Full Metal Jacket? Yeah, that's a barrel of laughs, too. I haven't seen that. Doctor Strange Stuff I'll give you. Doctor Strange Stuff I will give you. Lilita. Whatever. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, Um. so we're going to wrap this one up. We're actually nice and early for a change. Uh, so I think uh, no, I'm, I'm going to work the room again so Rachel as somebody who we all thought was not going to enjoy this um, what were your final thoughts strangely converted to Tenacious D 
I just love them. So I like I like this film. It's great. Definitely see it and check out the back catalogue and all their other music. I uh, know that this film is pro- it's not perfect. It does lots of things that aren't quite right for me, but I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, probably because of the music as much as anything else. I just wish, actually, I think what I wish is that opening sequence where it's telling that story about Kickapoo and the whole background thing, and it really is very narrative-driven. I almost wish they'd had more conviction to follow through more like that. Yeah, so do I. I think that is that is an absolute peak for the film, and it, I mean that to hit that peak so early is almost a little bit of a misstep mm-hmm. because it's never quite able to get that that real sort of oh my god heart pounding gloriousness again which is not to say that um it's it it fails elsewhere it's just that that is just such a high point a pure rock opera that then descends into something that's a bit more like a musical and it needed to I, what i would like to see is more of that that kind of rock opera thing that's keep the story going right the way through yeah Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Cinepunked with me, Robert J. Simpson, and my erstwhile colleagues. I'm Rachel Kelly. I'm Ben Simpson. Do check out our website, www.cinepunked.com. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and we occasionally pop up at random places. So keep your uh, eyes and ears peeled. Um, Bar back some feedback if you've enjoyed the show. If you don't enjoy it, don't. Actually, no, do. We like feedback that's negative as well as positive because we are equal opportunists. Um, and uh, if you have liked this, subscribe. Please subscribe. Leave us reviews. We, we would love to hear what you think and we would love to have some more subscriptions. Um, we'll be back uh, in your ears very, very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tits.